I filled my coffee to a very precarious level this morning. Mm. So good. Welcome back to The Morning Nomad. I hope that your morning is as beautiful as mine. Actually, it's pretty chilly here, which is actually very nice because Arizona is getting quite warm and it feels pretty good to be in an area where you can wear big jackets and hats and where you can get all cozy at night because, because it's chilly. I'm currently hanging out with um, the shop down here in Wichita called Dark Wolf Artisans. It's a shop made up of Wes and Chris and Kevin and Rich and those are all schoolie guys and they competed against me and the van team <laughs> at Gutted. So it's super fun to hang out with these guys again and see what they're doing with the shop. Wichita, Kansas isn't, you know, it's Kansas. So that there's nothing uh, much to say about that. So in this week's episode, I am going to be going through van build details. Because I did my van build all by myself as a solo female with no prior experience, I am kind of a hub for beginners and women and people that don't really know what they're doing. And so I thought that it would be really great to condense all of this information into one single podcast that somebody looking to do this or maybe has already started doing this can just tune in and listen to all the information, listen to the pricing of everything, how I learned everything, things that I ran into, the build itself, and just have one place to answer the majority of these questions. And I definitely want to start with this. I am not a professional. I truly still feel like I have no idea what I'm doing when I'm building something or when I'm talking to somebody about, you know, creating their own layout or deciding on vans. All I know is... Akila, your breathing is really... Like right now, Akila, has... <laughs> she had her nose pressed up against the window breathing and all I could hear was her, her breath against the glass. I, I very much feel like a novice still. Obviously, I'm sitting in this van that I built myself, but there's so much that I did wrong or that I could have done better. And you just like everything in life, really, when people give you advice or tell you what you should or shouldn't do, that's only coming from their very limited experience. So please keep that in mind as you're listening to this. I have a single... well. I mean, I did another van build I gutted, which was a great learning experience. So I have two builds under my belt and yeah, not an expert, not a professional builder. If you're looking for that kind of advice, please <laughs> turn this off and go elsewhere. <laughs> that reminds me of when you call somebody, you know, and they're like, if this is an emergency, please hang up and call 911. That's the same with this. If you are looking for professional advice, please hang up and go elsewhere. Um, I know a lot of you guys are looking for price breakdown kind of things and we'll get to that, but I do want to start with um, the search. So at the time that I was ready to look for a van, I was living in Utah, which was great because the dry heat of the desert is pretty nice for finding vehicles. I knew that limited rust on, on my vehicle was going to be 
great for a few different reasons. I went with the Ram Promaster. It was a 2016, and I just simply talked to a few people, learned about the pros and cons of each, and decided to go with the Promaster. It seemed like a reasonable option as far as price. I've heard great things about the Transits. Um, Mercedes Sprinter, I've never been interested in purchasing a Sprinter. Um, I'm sure that they're reliable in their own ways. I also know that maintenance on them can be very pricey, which is ironic coming from me because last year was quite the year of breakdowns. But the, the truth of that had very little to do with the fact that this is a ProMaster and there was very little actually wrong throughout those six months that I continued breaking down. It was the mechanics that failed to diagnose correctly, which sucks. Totally, totally sucks. Um, but after the thousands of dollars spent on replacing all the parts that I did throughout those various breakdowns, all my van needed was an extra ground wire. So like a very simple, minimal, inexpensive fix in the end. The thing that I love about the ProMaster is how wide it is. Because I got such a short van and I knew that I wanted something small and short, having the width be enough for a full-size bed sleeping across the van, not lengthwise of the van, I loved that. Honestly, I don't think at the end of the day it really matters. I think that every van is going to have maintenance issues. I, I haven't met one person that hasn't had some sort of breakdown or some sort of issue or some really expensive repair. I do think that the people, <laughs> you know, in my comments or whatever saying like, oh, this is the issue with a ProMaster, blah, 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 I think a lot of them just aren't living van life because shit happens all the time. It is literally a huge part of your life to troubleshoot, to go get things fixed at the shop, to call AAA, whatever it is, that's just a part of this lifestyle. And I ended up finding this one. I found Togo at a used car place in Las Vegas. I had searched for hours and for days and I would monitor price and call many, many different people. I was consistently looking at used car places, like the one where I um, found Togo, but also what I did was went around to different dealerships in the city that I lived in at that time, and I would walk in and say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a Ram Promaster. I don't really care the year. Here's my budget. Can you look for something at auction for me? And I had three or four people at dealerships say, yep, absolutely, I will. I did get a few things sent to me from those people, but they didn't really exactly understand what I was looking for. They would send me the wrong types of vehicles or something that was really expensive. So that didn't really work out for me, but it could be a great option for other people. A few things that stood out to me about Togo. So he had 70,000 miles on him. Um, there was no accident history. His entire life was spent out west. All of his maintenance history was also recorded. Um, I got him for, so it was listed at $17,000 out the door. He was just under $20,000, which I know these days would be an absolute steal because the market is, is, the market is insane right now. I was told originally that I needed to put $3,000 down on him. When I got there, they actually said, no, it's, it's $4,000. So I put most of that on a credit card, paid some of that outright. Um, the rest of that became my monthly payments, which I kind of treat as rent. So each month I'm still paying off Togo 
and it's about $300 a month. It's just under $300. Oh, also he is a 136 wheelbase. Uh, ultimately, I'm so happy that I went with the 136. For just me and Aquila, it's the perfect size and I feel like I'm driving a normal car. I can zip anywhere I want. I can fit into any parking space. I don't want anything bigger. I'm very, very content. I also am very attached. So keep in mind <laughs> when I'm saying the things that I love about my house, a lot of it too comes from like emotional attachment. Like I just love him so much. I don't want him to be any different because he is like literally an extension of me. I don't think I'll ever be able to give this van to anyone or anything. Now that we have the actual van details out of the way, let's move into the building aspect of this. <laughs> a big question that I get is, did you actually not have any experience? And then how did you learn everything? I actually did not have any experience. The most experience I had with building, I mean, I took shop class in high school one year. Um, I built a clock. That might have been in middle school. But that's all the experience that I had. I knew how to use a drill and I knew how to use a jigsaw. And that was, that was about it. As far as how I learned how to do everything, I learned literally everything from the internet. I would say that 85% of my learning experience for the van build was through YouTube. And the other 15% was articles and blogs and stuff like that. I think that it is really important for me to note that I strayed away from just the van life building content. There were maybe one or two channels that I felt I gained a lot of information from. One of them was, I think they're called the Van Kooks, and 70 Savage was a great resource for a few things. But what I found to be really helpful was taking project by project and then YouTubing or Googling how to do that specific thing, but having it unrelated to van life. So when I was ready to do my cabinets, it wasn't like van build cabinets. It was how do I build a cabinet? You don't have to do things a specific way just because you are building it for van life. These skills are available on YouTube or in article form just as any skill would be unrelated to the fact that it's for van life. So aside from YouTube, a lot of my learning came from actually just doing it and making mistakes and fitting things together and it not working or buying certain things and then me realizing that I bought the wrong type of wood or I bought the wrong type of screws because that's when it really just sticks in your brain. If you have somebody saying, hey, get X, Y, and Z, and then put it together like this, you're gonna go and do that, and you're gonna learn how to do that very specific thing, but you're not actually gonna understand why. And so I think that if, if some of you that are listening to this, if you watched my van build series, which is available, the entire thing is on YouTube, project by project, multiple times throughout that, I say, everything takes longer than you think it will. I think I said that every other day. But by putting your skills to the test, messing up, and then needing to troubleshoot that, that, that information is so ingrained then in your brain. Mistakes are like the most beautiful thing ever. 
So in the end, there was a very healthy combination of hours and hours and hours and hours of research on YouTube and hours and honestly, a decent amount of wasted product from just messing up. All right, as far as the layout and design, how do you plan a layout in a van? How did you figure out what design you wanted? I am the absolute worst person to ask when it comes to layout because what I did once I gutted Togo, I stepped in here and I said, all right, well, I'm going to sleep over here. Um, I think it'd be cool to cook right here. And I guess I want like a bench or something to sit on. And then my sink will be over here. Cool. All right, let's start building. <laughs> I was really, really overwhelmed. And for me, planning a layout, having no experience and no idea of anything at all felt so overwhelming. So I just started building. And every little part of my van that you see has kind of just been built onto the last part. The main reason behind the build is for me to experience. So while yes, I spend a lot of time in my house and that's why it's important for me to feel at home and for me to feel cozy and for it to be my thing and not something other people would enjoy, um, you know, that's certainly important. But the main part about this lifestyle for me is everything that it allows me to do. So a priority with my build was storage for camping, fishing, hunting, um, both of our gear, Aquila has, has a good chunk of gear as well. Um, I have a few different sleeping bags for really intense weather. I have a negative 40 degree sleeping bag as well as a 15 degree and Aquila and I sh share a lot of that kind of gear. And so, you know, we have our tent with us. There's a lot of things that I really needed to have in here because this for me is about experiencing. So I would say that that was more important to me over the aesthetic of the van. Which really is a great segue into questions that I get about my consideration with Aquila in the van. So Aquila and I have been a pair for a few years before I got the van. So I knew the things that she needed before going into the build. Number one, she loves small dark spaces. So her kennel space under the bed was a big part of the build. Um, the extra fan was important. I don't have AC in here. And so having two fans, even though it's such a short wheelbase, having double fans really increases airflow. And when you have an insulated space like this with airflow, you can be in pretty warm areas and it stays very comfortable. Oh, one, one thing that I wish I did differently, especially because of Aquila, uh, was the floor. So I just got cheap floor from a restore, but um, if I were to do the floor over again, I would go and buy the life proof floor that is like water resistant and everything uh, because she spills her own water or my water or things spill all the time on this floor. She tracks in a lot of water and a lot of mud, a lot of moisture. So my floor is, is warped and you know, the seams aren't great anymore, which whatever, I don't really mind because I also have a really great subfloor underneath it. Um, but if I were to do it again, I would want a, a really high quality floor just to eliminate some of those potential issues. As far as budget for the build, overall, 
The entire build was just over $7,000. I think probably closer to $8,000 if I factor in some of the tools that I used. I was able to borrow some tools from friends, but I did, I did spend a few hundred dollars on a miter saw. I bought a jigsaw and then I did buy a nail gun. You know, a, a bunch of little things that certainly add up. So overall the build was, you know, seven to $8,000. I tried my best throughout the van build series to tally up how much the build was costing me as I did each project. Um, that did get <laughs> hard, but um, those numbers are available, especially in the first half of the build. Since the end of my van build series, I have invested more money into the van. So since then I have changed my electrical system. So instead of a single deep cycle gel battery, I now have two lithium ion batteries rather than just my single um, 50 liter Dometic fridge. I have that as well as a new 60 liter isotherm freezer that I installed um, with the intention of filling it with fish and wild game. And um, when I decided to do that, in order for me to fit my freezer, I needed to remove the entire half of my um, kitchen sink area. So basically the part that you guys are sitting on now, I had to remove that entire thing and rebuild it. So basically I have continued to invest money into certain upgrades with the van. And I think the really beautiful part about doing this all myself is that I know every little intricacy of my van build. I know where every single wire is behind my wall. I know where every connection is within those wirings. I know where all of my extra wires are. I know what to watch out for when it comes to my flooring or my drawers. And that actually brings me to another common question that I get. And that question is, well, what do you wish you would have done differently? Or do you have any regrets for your van build? And my honest answer is, I can't really think of anything. If there is something that I want different or want to change about my build, I can easily do that because I understand every single piece of my house. For example, I never intended to have a 60 liter freezer in my van, but when I made that decision, because that's a big part of my life, that was perfect because I knew I had some extra wires running through my wall where I wanted to install it. Everybody's van life experience or vehicle dwelling experience, you know, whether you're in a truck or a schoolie or a van, whatever, your build is going to be so dependent on the way that you live your lifestyle and things that you want to do. So regardless of what people around you are saying might be the best products or the best things to include or the best layout, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. Maybe, maybe take that advice and mold it into what is best for you, knowing your own experiences and your hopes for your lifestyle, rather than taking somebody's advice and making it cookie cutter into your own. Okay, so I'm reading a lot of questions that, that uh, they are certainly rooted in overwhelm. And I wanna talk about a cycle that I noticed while building. And this has to do with a lot of these questions like, where do you start? I don't know what to do. I just bought a schoolie. 
all these different things that I'm reading here on my question tabs in Instagram. Here's what I experienced every single week with every single project that I did. I would head into a new project. I'd look at my materials that I had and my entire gut would just drop. I would have this sinking feeling, this overwhelming anxiety of, I have no idea where to start. And I knew that the best way for me to kind of curb that anxiety and to curb that overwhelm is to get on my computer and try to understand. I think once you understand things or pieces start coming together, that's when you can piece together your next move. So I would sit down and I would type in my project. I would look at YouTube videos. I would read and I would remind myself that it is going to take time to learn. I will not learn everything from a single video, from a single person, and that I would give myself like a day or two to just research, write things down, write questions down, write what I was confused about, and just learn. Once I knew what was going on with that project, or once I knew where I could at least start with it, I would make moves to do so. And I would give myself a lot of space to go really slow. Eventually, taking tiny little baby steps towards each individual project allowed me to slowly gain the confidence of, okay, I think I understand this. I think that I can do this. And slowly having that cycle kind of complete itself with that like intense anxiety, overwhelm, okay, knowing I really need to learn, understanding what this project means, what the steps of it are, what materials to, to use. I know that that's going to really help my anxiety putting those things into practice, learning from whatever mistakes that I made, like I mentioned earlier, and then standing back and seeing a finished product or a finished project and thinking, oh my gosh, I just did that. Like I did that. I just installed that fan or I just cut out my own window. I just built a drawer and it looks so damn good. Like that consistent boost of confidence allows that cycle to go much faster and much smoother throughout your entire van build. Really that cycle of the overwhelm, the anxiety, the the learning process, then the figuring it out, the making mistakes, then the standing back and feeling really proud and confident, that whole cycle I feel in my own life. And I make parallels to that all the time. And I think that's one of the reasons why I encourage people to do really hard things like their own build or to do pieces of their own build because sure, you're building this beautiful piece of your life. You're building uh, adventure and your home or whatever, but you're also learning so much about your internal process throughout it. I'm going to end with kind of a rapid fire. Um, Some of these questions are easily answered, so we're going to do rapid fire to end this. What kind of emotions or feelings did you feel during the build? Um, I mean, I felt elated. I felt disappointment. I felt overwhelm, anxiety, uh, days where I was just absolutely blissed out. Um, There was, I think, every single range of every single emotion that a human could feel. How is the backsplash holding up? The backsplash is holding up beautifully. The only thing 
that is not holding up great is the corner of my backsplash. It's just, uh, there's just a crack there and I don't care at all about that. It could be easily fixed, but I don't care. Nothing is falling apart, nothing's falling out. There's just a crack and sometimes some of the dust from the grout, um, you know, but it's fine. The most expensive thing in my van build is probably my solar setup, but also my freezer is expensive. Well, no, my solar is more expensive than my freezer. Yeah, so I'd say my solar. I think for most people, it'll be their energy system. What was the hardest and most challenging part of the build? My heater was an absolute pain in the butt to install. If I were to do it again, my heater would probably take me two hours to install because I understand how to do it now. But that was a horrible installation process. I have a video all about it, <laughs> but it's fine. Um, and the solar was also really challenging for me because that was an entirely new thing that I needed to learn. I didn't know the difference between AC and DC. I didn't know the difference in batteries. I didn't know anything about electrical stuff. I thought that I was going to get electrocuted and die. <laughs> like, I didn't know anything. So that was a really overwhelming thing for me to learn. But I just did it very slowly and in small chunks. And eventually I had the... Um, confidence to start piecing things together. Kind of along with that, I want to tell you guys, don't be afraid to call people. There were multiple companies and multiple people that I would get in touch with and be like, hey, can I just call, like, can I call and chat for 10 minutes? Hey, I have a question about this. I would call um, electrical companies or solar companies and just ask questions, call customer service. I didn't care at all if they thought I was the stupidest person alive. I just needed to understand, to be able to do it myself. So don't, don't, uh, don't hesitate to just call and ask. Most people are very willing to provide some answers and provide their time. Things that I love about my van build. I love my drawers. <laughs> I love my drawers. They are like my pride and joy. I love the way they look. I love the way they fit together. I love how sturdy they are. I sometimes just stare at them because I think, wow, I built those and I love my drawers. Have you thought about traveling around the world in your van? I have absolutely thought about it. Right now, it is not an option for me in my life because of Akila, and she always comes first. Traveling overseas with Akila would be very, very stressful for her. I know that some dogs probably don't mind being on a plane or they don't mind, you know, being around strangers. Akila certainly does. So the stress that it would cause for Akila most definitely outweighs the joy that it would bring to me. You know, that's a lot more important. So we are staying in the States and that's where she's most comfortable. And that's where we will be exploring until Aquila is no longer here with us. Are you planning on doing any more renovations now that you've been living in the van for a while? The only thing coming up is going to be the uh, wood stove and taking out my diesel heater. Other than that, I think things are really great in here for now. Water and electrical, was there a lot of trial and error? Absolutely there was, yes. I was really lucky with my water plumbing setup that I went to an Ace Hardware where I was at the time and there was an amazing man working at Ace Hardware and I said, hey, this is what I need. I want to use this faucet and I want it to drain into this. Can you connect, like, can we figure out a connection together? 
you know, for this part of the hose and this pipe and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. He was super stoked to help me with a project. Um, I can imagine that those people get a lot of really mundane things in there. And he was excited to help me fit things together. He came out to my van and looked at things and a lot of trial and error with that. And then same thing with electrical. All right, everybody. I think that this was pretty packed with different information and thoughts, and I don't want this to get too drawn out. So I'm going to say goodbye. Um, I want to thank you all for such amazing feedback on this podcast and how much you guys have enjoyed it. It felt like kind of a risk to be putting the videos up on YouTube, but I know how valuable, you know, the, the visual of, of sitting down and talking can be as well as the, you know, the auditory piece of podcasts. So, um, just keep in mind, this is available on podcast platforms. It'll continue to be available here on YouTube and I appreciate you all so much. If you are at the early stages of this lifestyle or looking for a van or a vehicle, or even if you're just in the thick of it, in the build right now, I want to say good for you. Congratulations. I hope you are enjoying it. Be gentle with yourself. And overall, I'm really excited for you because this experience is very incredible. And with that, I'm going to say goodbye. Thank you for joining me for another episode of The Morning Nomad, and I'll see you next Wednesday. Mm-hmm.